Uh, it says this, then Naaman, somebody say Naaman. Uh, what was his name? Naaman went with his horses and chariot and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you and you shall be clean. But Naaman, somebody say Naaman, became furious and went away and said, indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not the Abana and the Parpar rivers of Damascus better than the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned away and went in rage. It's amazing to me that somebody with an incurable disease knows the way to get healed. It's, 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 it blows my mind that sometimes we get in seasons of our life where we need God to do something, but we want God to do it the same way he's done it before. It, it, it blows my mind that sometimes we have an opinion on how we should get our breakthrough. Come on, look at the person next to you and says, how's that working for you? How's that working for you? And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, my father, if the prophet had told you that you were going to have a million Instagram followers, wouldn't you not have done it? <laughs> if he would have told you that you're going to hit the lottery and play these numbers, come on, somebody, wouldn't you have done it? It's, it's incredible to me how much we put value on what we don't really seem is, is valuable. We put value on things that really aren't worth much. But how much value do we put on our healing? How much value do we put on our deliverance? So he went down and dipped seven times, not one time, not two times, not five or six, but seven times in the Jordan, according to the sayings of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. I love the fact that he not only got healed, but he got accelerated. I, I love the fact that not only did he get healed, but he was restored. It's two different things. And uh, I want to I want to preach to you, Union Church, on from the topic. Just add water. Come on, somebody. Just look at the person next to you. Says just add water. Just add water. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for this church. We thank you for our pastors. We thank you, God, that we get to be a part of something that is making kingdom impact. We thank you for every campus. We thank you for every staff person. We thank you for every volunteer. We thank you for every person. Today may be your last ditched effort of, God, if you don't move today, I don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. I thank you that you brought them to this place. I thank you that nothing just happens. And God, I ask you to move mightily today. More of you and less of me in Jesus' name. And everybody said a good amen. Amen, amen, amen. Just at water. Just add water. Not just add my opinion. Not just add somebody else's opinion. Not just add a counseling session. Just not just add more money to my bank account, although that would be nice. Just add water. Do you know that there are some things that were created that without the interaction of water, they never function in the totality 
in which they were created. There were some products, there were some inventors that created some very familiar things that you might interact with on a daily basis that if they don't have the application of water, that they never arrive in their fullest potential. I'm talking about pancake mix. I love pancakes, but the guy who made pancake mix understood that it's mix. And unless it interacts with an agent, come on, somebody, that brings its greatest potential out, it will, have, it will just operate as average. There's something like Kool-Aid. Come on, where my Kool-Aid? People like that. Kool-Aid is great, but not by itself. It, 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 it's impalatable. It, it, it's not digestible if, unless it interacts with water. Have you ever had an upset stomach? And needed an Alka-Seltzer. Have you ever tried to <laughs> digest an Alka-Seltzer without it being agitated? Without it being mixed and intermingled with the agent that allows it to do its best work in, in healing? You have to just add. Have you ever had French onion soup? Come on, somebody. In 1946, when the inventor of French onion soup invented it, he understood that this invention is awesome and, and it's going to be used in many recipes. But you first have to just add. There are some things that don't work unless you just add. Your marriage doesn't work unless you just add. Your healing doesn't happen unless you just add. Come on, somebody. Your breakthrough cannot happen unless you just add. There's something about the water. And then there's this other, uh, uh, you know, uh, invention called, 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 called Nestle Quick Mix. And it's just that. No, milk. <laughs> Is there anybody who was in college and you were broke for real? And you looked over in the corner and. All you had is a cup of noodles. Come on, somebody. And all you had to do with that cup of noodles is, is add something that cost you nothing. But cost your creator everything. There's something powerful about the water. Reaching your fullest potential requires you to add Water. Maintaining the presence of God outside the four walls of the church requires you to have daily interaction with the water. Getting clean, getting delivered, getting healed. It requires the waters to be troubled. It requires interaction with water from Genesis to Revelation. The scripture speaks about Waters. In Genesis, the spirit hovered over the waters. John was baptized Jesus and launched his ministry. And the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus because of the water. In John 2, from the water at creation to the wine at the celebration, something happens 
when you just add water without water. Water symbolizes the Holy Spirit. Water symbolizes the day of the Messiah. Refreshing happens. Deliverance happens. Freedom happens. That's why if you have not gone through freedom, you need to go through freedom so that you can see the fullest expression of the water through the fullness of the Holy Spirit. When you interact with the water, the anointing happens. Even when you get saved, they, uh, it's important that you get baptized so that you express what is going on on the inside of you publicly to the world because you have this interaction with water. In Matthew chapter 14, Jesus caused the flash flood of faith when he walked on the water. In Matthew 8, Jesus was sleeping and there was a storm and the waves began to toss the ship and, 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 and he was asleep and, 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 uh, and he showed his authority over the waters of the sea. In John chapter 29, he displayed how the water has more than enough. When the disciples thought that there wasn't enough in John chapter 9, he added water from his mouth, mixed it with the dirt and spit in somebody's eyes and healed the blind. In John 9, states that when the soldier put a spear in the side of Jesus on the cross not only did blood flow out of his side but also water I came to preach at Union Church today that some marriage just needs to add water that some discouragement just needs to add water that some anxiety just needs to add water that some fear just needs to add water that somebody who is on the verge of committing suicide Come on, somebody, and you've been wondering, I came to preach to you that today is the day that you are just going to add. Look at your neighbor and say, just add water. Not your opinion, not your doubt, not your fear, not your negative words. Not your bad attitude, not your expectations on only people who are not God. You have to stop putting, come on somebody, your livelihood in the hands of people who are broke, people who don't want to see you reach your greatest potential and just put your life back in the hands of Jesus. Come on somebody, because my word says in the last day, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I need a dream, I need to prophesy, but I first need to learn how to just add water. Water, 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 water. My life without water is dry. My dreams without water is dry. My marriage without water is dry. Come on, somebody. My ankles Without some cream and water. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Are dry. My purpose without water is ashy. My freedom without water is dry. My, my relationship with God without water is just an experience and not an encounter. 
when it doesn't have what has anybody ever dipped in the water before I'm talking about has the presence of God ever overshadowed you to a way come on somebody where where Kool-Aid couldn't satisfy it come on somebody where where, where even a word could can I, can I tell you a word without water is dry just add water I have come to understand in my 49 years of life that me preaching a message without water is a dry where the people of Israel in this passage of scripture has asked God to establish kings over them. And just like all the other people groups in the area, they were all looking for something. What happened along the way is the people of God begin to lose sight of the thing that makes their kingdom different. They are supposed to care for the widow. They are supposed to care for the orphan. They are, they are supposed to care for the outcast, but they flipped it and now they're only harming themselves. They are building wealth for themselves. They are making themselves kings, but not really focusing on the kingdom. And second Kings is a critique on the moral issues of Israel. And it proves to the people that God is not a respecter of the persons or the people that have a willing heart to take a dip. In fact, God uses Naaman. Naaman is a foreigner. Naaman is not a Jew. Naaman has not interacted with true worship. But yet God uses Naaman as a prototype for God's people on what happens when you dip in the water. Have you ever been mad? Come on, somebody. When you prayed, you fasted, you read your word, you tithed. Come on, somebody. You came to church every day. You built a prayer closet in your home and you're still broke. You're still upset. You're still discouraged. But yet somebody who does not know God shows up to work. New car. Come on, somebody. They got a better looking spouse than they deserve. Come on, somebody. They got a fresh shape up and you're wondering to yourself how in the world I have prayed, I have cried, I have delivered, I have fasted, but yet God, you bless them. Could it be that God is trying to show you that the blessings are not a respecter of the person? And I came to tell you if God can heal a man like Naaman, then he can heal you. It should not make you mad. It should give you an appetite that for some reason you have neglected the access that you have to the king is anybody glad they got access to the king has anybody glad that they got the kings here does anybody else glad that God loves you too much to leave you in the mess that you have been in he said just and <laughs> Milk. <laughs> this passage of scripture 
is preaching to me personally. Because the first thing, when you go back and read the beginning verses of the scripture, you begin to understand a little bit about Naaman. Second Kings 5.1 says, now Naaman, the commander of the army of the king of Syria was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master. Because by him, the Lord had given victory to Syria. I love this next line. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. She was also anointed, but she couldn't get over her past. He had a call of God on his life, but he had a porn addiction. They showed up in church every week and served God's people, but their marriage was in turmoil and couldn't serve one another. They're anointed, but they can't stop going to the club, but he got a bad attitude, but his family's a little jacked up, but she has some history, but he's got some trauma, but he has to take pills to go to sleep, but he's got dyslexia, but he's got a learning disability, but he got the promotion in the natural, but can't get a promotion in the spiritual, but does anybody have a big old big old I like big butts and I cannot. It's incredible to me, Timmy, how we get comfortable with our butts. And we become well acquainted with average. Have you ever won and wounded at the same time? We find Naaman. He's a commander. He's got the trophies. He's got the accolades. He's got the resume. He's got the good looks. He, he's got the shields. He's got the wins under his belt. He's got a uniform. He, he looks good in public. He, he comes to church and everybody asks him, how are you doing? He says, I'm blessed. God is good. The favor of the Lord is, a, is amazing. But He's mighty, but he's a little messed up. Scripture points out that he's a mighty man of valor, but a leper. I want you to understand that he has done well hiding. He's not just done well at winning. He's even better at hiding. You have to understand that leprosy is an incurable disease in this time. You have to understand that Lepers in this time were cast off in a leprous community. Uh, Naaman has found some way to make it while being miserable. He, he has found some way, Sheldon, to have trophies and trauma. 
he, he, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. He, he, he's winning, but he's wounded. Come on, somebody. He's blessed, but he's broken. Come on, somebody. He's anointed, but he fights with anxiety. Has anybody ever tried to balance the holiness of you and the humanity of you at the same time? I know it's going to take some real people in PG come on somebody to say sometimes there's two of me sometimes there's faith and fear working at the same time sometimes there's destiny and doubt come on somebody and they're working at the same time sometimes I show up to church worshiping and I got my hands up but if I'm honest I'm not praying for a breakthrough I'm tired I'm disgusted I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired it seems like it always works out for everybody else and it don't work out for me. I'm in a group but I can't stand people. I show up to church but I'm not very godly. Outside the walls of the church there are two of me. But yet God shows up. I'll never forget my dad is here, and as a teenager, I got in a fight. And when you get in a fight for the first time, you don't really know if you can fight. I ain't had no wins under my belt. So I was fighting this boy, Craig Agello. I know his name because he hurt me. I was a couple years younger than him, but he was, I was bigger than him, and we were fighting in the field. He was wearing me out. My cousin came home, and my cousin said, I'm not leaving until you win. I didn't know how I was going. Paul, sometimes you need somebody in your corner that won't leave you until you win. I, 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 I just felt that in my spirit. Like, like, no, I'm talking about somebody who won't say I'm praying for you, but will prophesy over you right there in the I'm not talking, I'm talking about some real friends. I'm talking about some anointed friends. I'm talking about somebody, come on, somebody that just can't throw hands, but can lay hands. I'm talking about some people in your life that, come on, somebody. I'm talking about some see nothing seasoned friends. I'm talking about some people that know how to hold on to the altar. I'm talking about some people that know how to pray heaven. From heaven to earth, I, I had a cousin. He said, I'm not leaving until you win. So Craig was wearing me out. And he was, I was big. I just know I just needed to grab him. He was too quick peppering me up. Pat, 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 pat. Come on, somebody. But I, I found out like Jacob, sometimes once you, once you grab onto somebody, you got to have in your spirit, I won't let go until... Where y'all at? Where y'all at? Where y'all at? Where y'all at? So, so I grabbed on the Craig and I, and I threw him down and pow, I hit him in the mouth. I don't encourage that. <laughs> Sometimes your enemy got to be punched in the mouth. I'm not talking about the person you're supposed to forgive. That's not your enemy. <laughs> That's your assignment. <laughs> That's a whole nother message. Uh, can I just encourage you that the enemy will never get under your feet until you first get him out of your head? So I hate Craig. Craig said, I give. And I won. 
And I went home and I didn't know what I looked like. And, and dad, if you remember this, mom was upset because I was bleeding and my nose was bleeding and my face was scratched and my eye was black. And, and she said, baby, are you okay? And mama started dressing my wounds. And, and then my dad came home from work. He didn't care about my wounds. He had one question. He didn't care how much I was bleeding. He, he, he didn't care how much I was hurt. He, he, he didn't care that my eye was black. He just wanted to know what was the outcome. Did you win? I said, yeah, dad, I won. He said, don't look like it. I want to know today that if we already won, if the enemy's already been defeated, if no weapon formed against me is able to prosper, if greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, why don't you look like you won? Walking in church depressed, walking in church discouraged, walking in church, somebody needs a shout unto God because you have the victory and the enemy is under your feet. Stop giving the devil so much credit. Although you're bleeding, you won. Although you're discouraged, you won. Although you're a little, got a little anxiety, you won. I came to preach to you today that no matter what the weapon is, I want you to know that you won. Come on, touch three people and tell them I won. Hella high water, I won. I may not look like it, but I won. It is time for me to start wearing my victory. I won, I won, I won. I may not look like it, but if I knew what I know now, I would get up on my feet and give God a praise and say, thank you, God. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you for anointing me. Thank you for protecting me. Thank you, thank you, thank you for giving me access. Somebody said, I got leprosy, but I still got access to the king. I want number one. You have to, if you're taking notes, you got to add water to your wounds. My mama, first thing she told me is we got to wash that wound. Some of you are infected and contagious because you never took long enough to wash your wounds. Are y'all ready? But you can't wash your wounds until you wear your wounds. What is that discouragement costing you? What is that generational stronghold preventing you from having? Hmm? What is it preventing you from enjoying? You, you got to weigh your wounds. Uh, but you got to evaluate what you're losing out on. You ever see somebody that don't have what you have but got freedom? See, see, your wounds aren't costing you a job. 
they're costing you favor in the one you have. You don't need a new relationship. You just can't enjoy the one you have because you never got clean from the 50 relationships you had before the one you have right now. And you have to evaluate and weigh your wounds, Naaman. Because everybody think you tripping. You ain't tripping, you just got trauma. You ain't mean. Your purpose is miserable. You ever been around somebody and they just agitated? No, I'm talking about one of those people. I'm talking about the people who call you, DM you, you just leave them on open. Where y'all at? Y'all, yeah. I'm talking about the people who, who text you and you're like, dang it. Are y'all with me? Are you one of those people? Yeah, yeah. You're not a bad person. You're just broken. You're 40. That happened to you when you were four. And you never washed the wound. Because you never weighed what it was costing you all them years. Costing you relationships. Costing you. Come on, somebody. People judging you. Costing you. Costing you. Costing you. All that alcohol. Costing you. All them. Costing you. I, I, I never forget when I when I moved to, to Florida, uh, she told me to go to the dump. And I don't know about you, but I, I'm the kind of person that that my house is best right when I'm about to sell it. It's the cleanest because now you got to get it ready for somebody else. And so she said, go to the to go to the dump. So I started packing all the dump. Then I messed up and went by myself and it was hot and I'm big and I put on too much lotion. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Dark skin people, y'all know what I'm talking about. Eh. Just sweating for no reason, y'all. Just swamped. Everything swamped. Everything wet. Everything. Come on, some. I was walking squash, squash. It was just a bad situation. And, and, and so I got to the back of the truck and I started unloading it. It was packed. And, and what I did is I, I pulled into the dump. And I didn't never been to the dump by myself. They weigh you when you come in. And what they're trying to do is evaluate how much stuff that you're supposed to get rid of. And then on the way out, they weigh you again. And if you unload everything, it costs you a lot of money. So in my head, I was like, I'm not going to unload everything. Because it would cost me less in the moment. But I had no idea that it was going to cost me a whole lot in the future. It was costing my kids. So what I did is I unloaded halfway. And I got back and they weighed me again. And it was still heavy, but I paid less in the moment. Some of y'all don't want to deal with your wounds because you think it's going to cost too much at the church service. It's costing your kids' kids. It's costing generational curses. And I just came to tell you today that it's time to add water to your wounds. Come on, somebody. I don't need counseling right now. I need an encounter with the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. I don't need people. I need the presence of Almighty God to come down and break every stronghold, to come down and disrupt every cycle, to come down. I need heaven to come to earth and wash in the water. This time I ain't faking a bath. I'm going to worship.
worship until I see the King of glory. Who is the King of glory? The Lord God strong and mighty. The Lord God mighty in battle. Lift up your head, O ye gates, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in his time. The wash my wounds, number two. I got to just add water to my word. <laughs> and y'all got a word. And I'm talking about a word like, you know there's greatness on the other side of you. Where y'all at? Come on. Come on, Baltimore County. You know it. You know that where you are ain't where you're supposed to be. Come on. Anybody? The rest of y'all don't want to stay where you are? I don't. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about there's a word. If you don't got a word, you got to learn how to speak Jeremiah 29, 11 over you. For I know the plans that you have for me, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper me and not to harm me. Plans to give me a hope and a future. If you don't know what to say, you just jump up, open your Bible, and say no weapon that is formed against me is going to prosper. When you don't know what to say, you said I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You got to... Add water to your wounds and add water to your word. How do I add water to my word? I prophesy it every day. How do I add water to my word? I speak those things that be not as if they already are every day. How do I add water to my word? I have a challenge with myself and my spouse and those around me that I will not be negative. Negativity is a curse word. Negativity is not a bad word. Negativity is a curse word. A curse is as you get what you say. Come on, somebody. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You've got to learn how to tame your tongue because it's not the devil up against you. It's you up against you. I'll never have this. And I'm always in the same relationship. And my spouse is always tripping. And I'm always going to be broke. And you have cursed yourself. But the only way that you can break the curse is renounce the curse and replace the curse with the word of God. And how you add water to your word is in worship like this morning. You begin to get up on your feet and prophesy. God, you said it. I believe it. God, you said that your word would not return unto me void. You got to learn how to work a word in a see nothing season. You got to learn how to work a word when you ain't got it, when you can't hear nothing but negativity. Work the word of God. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am first and not last. I am the righteousness of God. I am fearfully and wonderfully made and I just begin to renounce and break the curse. Uh, I don't have time to go through this, but when you read through this passage, I'm going to tell you what a word looks like. Are y'all ready? It looks like an unfamiliar person, an uncommon process, in an unusual place. Y'all listen to what I'm saying. The word is not, and you shall have the spouse that's on that notebook paper that you wrote when you was 18. That's not the word. The word comes from an unfamiliar person. Naaman had captured this little girl and she was the only one close to Naaman that could see when he took off the trophies, when he took off the accolades. She could see him at home when he didn't have a sword. Yeah. Because when you don't have a sword in the natural, you got to have a sword in the spirit. And that's a word from 
God. And she says, Naaman, there's a prophet that you need to go see. Unfamiliar person. The word doesn't always come from your pastor. Sometimes the word will come from your pain. I've come to discover that sometimes my enemy gives me a word. And because I'm offended, I can't hear the truth in who I offended. Somebody ever talked about you? And they talked about you and you rejected. But there was 10% of what they said that was truth. But you couldn't hear it because you were offended. And they were offended. And the word was wrapped up in a wound. <laughs> There's some people that said some stuff about me that was right with a wrong spirit. Unfamiliar person. Uncommon process. Naaman's got to work. He's like, hold on, first of all, I don't want to wash in the Jordan. It's dirty. Well, why can't I wash in these clean waters? Because the clean waters ain't troubled waters. I'm going to tell y'all right now, I have cleaned up my life in troubled times. There is no better time to wash than when you don't know, come on somebody, what tomorrow looks like. Unfamiliar person, watch this uncommon process in an unusual place. I don't have time, but number three. Y'all, before I get to number three, I, I just want you to know this. Your word has a warranty. Who, who am I? I was supposed to say that for somebody. Because you felt like what you did, what you said, what you were involved in, that you voided the contract on your word. I, is there anybody? It, maybe you're watching online. Is anybody be honest with me? I, I feel like, yeah, I knew there was greatness, but that season has passed. I came to prophesy to you that your word has a warranty and it will not return unto God void. You are enough. You're not your past. Y'all looking at me, some of y'all looking at me like, what? What I'm saying is sometimes you got to get a a natural picture. I went to one year. I went to. I bought a Christmas gift at Costco. It was broke, and I, I didn't know what to get my wife. And I, I bought her something at Costco. And I went back to Costco to exchange it after Christmas. And there was a guy who had a violin. He bought a violin. First of all, why are you going to Costco to buy a violin? Go to a music store. And he bought a violin at Costco years ago, and he was trying to return it. And everybody was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, that's old." That's dingy. That's dirty. And I don't know if the, if the law or the, or, the, or, the, or the whatever has changed, but a manager came out. And the manager said, we have a policy that you don't need a receipt. All you have to prove is that it was brought here. And she said, yeah, I remember when we used to sell that. And although it was years old, He walked in with a jacked up violin. He left with a brand new violin because he tapped into something that says this warranty on this is not void. I can't
came to prophesy to somebody today that you walked in the church today and you had a jacked up word and you said, God, I don't know if it can happen. I don't know if this marriage is good enough. I don't know if I can stay in this any longer. I don't know if I can stay on this job. I came to tell you that as the word goes out from the mouth of God, Jesus Christ is the manager and he came out today to say it shall not return unto you void. You are going to get the promotion. You are great. There is purpose on the inside of you. There is destiny on the inside of you. You are not broken. You don't deserve second best. God has first best for you. I'm talking to somebody in here. Number three is you got to add water to the work. He said dip seven times. And I do not have time to preach this last point, but I'm going to just give it to you what the Lord told me to tell you. You used to dip in twice. You used to applying for the job once. You used to asking for the business loan three times. God said, it ain't, if it ain't seven, it ain't perfect. Because seven is the number of completion. And he who began a good work in you, he's faithful, but are you? He's faithful to complete it, but are you faithful to be committed to it? He says seven times, I'm going to give you this, and then they're coming. Y'all can stand at every campus. I, I wrote down prophetically seven dips. Number one. The first dip is God is moving you from dry to drenched. The second dip, God is moving you from covering up to being covered. No more hiding. The third dip, God is moving you from being crippled to compassionate. Your greatest ministry points back to your greatest misery. Number four, the fourth dip, God is moving you from being feeling to just feeling to being faith-filled. Number five, he's moving you from a victim to vision. Number six, he's moving you from, par from, par from paralysis to praise. And number seven, he's moving you from leprosy to legacy. I came to tell you, would everybody raise your hands at every campus? Would everybody raise your hands in the building? Father, in the name of Jesus, I prophesy that your ladder will be greater than your past. I came to preach to you today that it's time to add water to your fear. It's time to add water to your doubt. It's time to add water to your discouragement. It's time to add water to your grown kids. Pray the prayer that you used to pray. Get up in the intercession closet again. Worship. Be when the, I dare you to get up your hymnal and sing a hymn. I came to tell you that great is his faithfulness. Morning by morning is new mercy you see. I pray and prophesy a new day over you. A new day over your family. A new day over your kids. A new day over your mind. I pray just like Naaman that you're going down drenched dry but you're coming up drenched. I pray for the anointed oil to wash every person under the sound of my voice in Jesus name and everybody said a good amen put your hands down if you're in this room today and you do not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior and you said today I want to make a decision because there is distance in my relationship with God every head bow and every eye closed pastor today I want to be like Naaman I, I came in dry leave drench. If that's you on a count of three, that you want to reset your life, I want you to put your hands up. One, two, three. Come on, put that hand up. And I want you to pray this prayer. Father, today, I give my life to you. Today, I
risen, that you are my Savior, you are my Lord, and you are my King. Today, I'm walking in freedom. Today, I'm walking in deliverance. I'm saved. I'm sanctified. I'm redeemed. In Jesus' name. 